Fit for Life Radio. Today we have special guest, Madeline Kleinbart. Damn. Hello? I thought you were going to say I was a special guest. Nah, you're a normal guest. Damn. Okay. There's not, nothing special about us. That's um, true. And if That's you go true. back, I, I went back. Madeline was on episode seven. Dang. Yeah. I, knew, I knew it was a while ago, but I didn't know it was like that far. So she's making her, her return. Damn, OG. I'm right. back. And this time we are going to be diving in on circadian rhythms. And I know that's something that's that you're passionate about and ties into, especially with like the holistic health and and a lot of things. So yeah, are you are you excited to to dig in on all things circadian rhythm? I will take advantage of any conversation that lets me talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, can I talk to you about the sun? Yes, please. <laughs> You're just checking out at like Wendy's and you just start going on about circadian rhythm. Yes. <laughs> Have you guys That's, been outside yet today? It's kind of where I'm at. Yep. I am that person. <laughs> so I'll start with a general overview and in, in my thoughts and then uh, then we'll dive into, you know, your thoughts and then just things people can do or take into consideration because it's, it's, you know, can be overwhelming for people, but essentially circadian rhythms. So that's, it's like the flow, ebb and flow of, of our really kind of hormones and what, you know, makes us fall asleep and wake up. And it's really all based off of light and the sun. That's going to be the strongest factors nutrition can play a factor as well um that's why like there's lots of studies on where yeah if you're a night shift eater and you eat at night is probably not the best thing when it's dark out um but in general we you know the sun rises it wakes us we have cortisol that starts releasing that kind of is a stress hormone that gets us going and then you know at night when the sun starts to set we normally release melatonin, which is a sleep hormone. It helps us fall asleep. And that's how we've always been. Now you fast forward to 2021 and people struggle with a, there's lots of, you know, disease and health issues. People struggle to sleep, but we also stare at blue light phones all day. We're inside with artificial light all day and we're getting outside less than ever. And if you step back and say, man, what could be a, a solution to all these problems? You know, a broad bird's eye view, something that stands out to me is we, again, pretty much like I just said, we are outside less than ever and inside more than ever. And when we are outside, we're normally slathered in sunscreen and wearing sunglasses all the time. So we're again, blocking the sunlight and people have to realize that sunlight, a lot of people think of uh, sunlight and they just like vitamin D and that's like the only thing. But the reality is no, there's a whole spectrum of, of rays and it's a, it's a nutrient, you know? So we need to get that also into our eyeballs and that's a big factor. It's not just about, you know, getting a tan and vitamin D. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So ultimately people Long need story to, short. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're asleep or you just struggle. You have no energy something to take in, into account is your circadian rhythm and getting sunlight. And then, you know, what we'll dive into is, yeah, how, how to do that, what that looks like. But yeah, you want to share kind of just your thoughts, maybe how you got passionate about the subject and. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll through my own health journey. I kind of came to this point where this light bulb went off in my head that like, I'm making this a lot harder than it needs to be. Um, the fact is we have um, this circadian rhythm. It's basically a free way to feel better. Um, if we will just take our cues from the sun and the moon cycle, it's, it really doesn't have to be difficult. Um, you know, this, our circadian rhythm is our internal clock and these biological processes run off of the sun and the moon. Mm -hmm. 
So the the moon's an interesting one too. I I don't I'm not as familiar with you know that, but what would you say? So what when you kind of simplified or, or really dove into this, what change did you maybe make and then notice benefits from right away? Okay, so basically the darkness after the sun sets and the moon rises, um, the darkness is what signals the melatonin release. Um, so all of these biological processes kind of work together. Like they're going whether or not we are aware of them. But if we start to live, think with this, the benefits are just incredible. I mean, you, you have a free, a free tool at your fingertips to feel better. Um, so it's as simple as, you know, the sun rises, that's your cue to, to wake up and actually viewing the sun with your eyes, that light coming in through your eyes. Um, I, I heard it explained that your eye sockets are the only holes in your skull, um, that the sunlight can come through. So we're designed that we take in this sunlight through our eyes and it sends the signal to our brain to release that cortisol and start that awakening process. Um, so that gives you that energy surge for the day. Um, and as you continue to view light throughout the day, which you should be doing, you know, Gary, I love your, you know, your quick walks um, outside, get cues from the sun. Um, because throughout the day, the sun is giving off different spectrum spectrums of light. So that cues our body on what time it is, um, which also fuels. And then um, we can get into that a little later. Um, but as the sun sets and the light, um, the light spectrum changes, when it gets dark, that's what triggers the melatonin. That's what makes us sleepy. That's what helps us get deep, restful sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people end up depending on supplement. You know, they take melatonin. They're familiar with melatonin as a supplement. They don't even realize it's, you know, <laughs> a real thing that, that our body's supposed to produce. Exactly. Exactly. You have it already. Just like yep. the vitamin D, you don't need to supplement. Well, I mean, I'm not your doctor, but. Well, yeah. Um... <laughs> if you get enough sunlight and yeah, then you just shouldn't ever need to supplement with it. But yes. it happens. Yes. Yeah. And that's where I guess, you know, the argument can be made of priorities, right? And people, um, we should be getting some sunlight and vitamin D and not need to supplement. So it's really, can you find, how can you find time in your day? And for a lot of people, it's, it's just not important enough, you know, or, or we don't realize that it is. So then that's where you develop. Uh, yeah, lifestyles where you're never outside and then, yeah, you lose touch with these sun and moon signals, you know, night and day. And then you end up to where you can't fall asleep. You're up till midnight struggling, trying to rely on, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, melatonin and supplements. And that's not going to work. And then, and then caffeine to wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Which you know, so then supplementing the cortisol res response and, or amplifying it, and then, and then you end up depending on it. Yeah. So. I, I will say, though, it's something that, you know, th these are small, small habits, small changes that you can make. It mm -hmm. only takes two to three days to reset your internal clock. And going outside, you only need, depending on how bright the sun is, cloud cover, mm -hmm. things like that, where you are, two to 10 minutes. So in the morning, what I love to tell um, my clients and really anybody that'll listen, um, when <laughs> you, Wendy's. yeah, exactly. When you wake up in the morning, you know, within the first hour, just try to go outside. Just try, I mean, if it's, taking your lemon water in the morning, your coffee, your tea, whatever, just outside on your front porch or your back porch. Like I said, all you need is two to 10 minutes. Anybody can do that. You know, um, if that means you need to wake up three minutes earlier, I, I think, you know, that's not asking a whole lot. So this is really <laughs> a simple habit change that could make a huge difference because even getting that early morning sunlight also sends the signal 12 to 14 hours later, approximately, to release melatonin later in the day. So just sun, sunlight, if you just start there, 
give it a couple days, I guarantee you will see a difference. Yeah. And I think a lot of people experience it, right? When they go on vacation or something, you know, everyone goes to the beach for a week. Like I got the best sleep ever. And then, exactly. you know, and for the most part, it's like, well, you're probably outside. You probably went, went for a walk, watched the sunrise again, outside more, getting some vitamin D and yeah, I mean, you can't, you don't, you know, necessarily know that's what's happening. You just yeah. think it's a relaxation and all this stuff. But the reality is it's a lot of these um, effects with, with sunlight. Yeah. Spending more time outside. Absolutely. Yeah. And that. And um, so, yeah, I think like you said, if, you know, 10 minutes, you know, around, you know, sunrise 7am while it's going up and then 10 minutes on your lunch break to go outside and get, you know, your arms and just a little bit of your skin exposed to midday sun, you know, when you produce vitamin D. So that's 20 minutes a day that can literally be the difference of you sleeping like a baby or struggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if people do that, you know, there's, there's uh, a lot of benefits. Well, it's like, like say with a walk or yeah, if someone just does one or two strength workouts a week, people just need to find, the minimum effective dose and it can make, you know, you don't have to flip your whole lifestyle upside down and become a surfer and, and be outside. outside. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you can, if you want, but it's a good life. <laughs> well, and it's funny when we joke about it, but you know how there's the stereotype of how surfers are. And a lot of it probably has to do with all this stuff, you know? Yeah. They have like really good circadian rhythm. They get plenty of vitamin D. Yep. They get magnesium from the water. They just feel great. And yeah. You they're could chill. look at them and see that they're healthy. Yep. Yeah. Usually like great skin, great teeth, just mm-hmm. overall look great. And that's, yep. we'll kind of lead into that. So this, this would be a little more controversial and, you know, it's, people can research on their own, but you know, there's the sun's become the bad guy a lot. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're taught if you're going to uh, yeah. walk to your car, like you need to slather yourself in sunscreen. <laughs> but again, oh, the reality man. is skin cancers and everything are, you know, rising and rocketing up. But in the last 70, 50, 70 years, it's the most we've ever been inside and the least we've ever been outside. So it's just been hiding from the sun. Yeah. And when you start looking, you see a lot of the stuff on how, you know, when you're in that early day and late day sun, which is mostly uh, infrared light, that actually helps precondition your skin for the sun. It helps, you know, restore it. It's getting popular for beauty stuff. Well, that's, you know, you don't need a, a infrared light to do that lamp. Like, you can go outside and get it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot to that. And, you know, if we, if you avoid the sun all the time and then you only go out, Oh, it's summer vacation. I'm going to go out in the middle of the day to the beach for five hours and you get burnt. That's the problem. Right. But that, you know, we shouldn't be doing it that way. We, you know, ideally you'd be outside more and you build a tan and, and just expose yourself to what you, you need based off of your skin type. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm really glad having this conversation because a lot of people don't know. I mean, yeah, we have been conditioned to think that we have to wear sunscreen every single day, time and place for it if you're using the right type of sun, um, using, you know, like a safe mineral sunscreen if you're out in the in the middle of the day, if you're like at the beach and mm-hmm. You know, you're in the sun when it's up in the sky. Yeah, exactly. High in the sky. There's a time and a place for it. But people really have been scared to think that they can't walk outside uh, without lathering sunscreen on them. And kind of the way I like to think about it is uh, I'm at a point here where I don't want to block out nature. I don't want to block out nature by putting on sunglasses, by lathering myself in sunscreen. Um I really believe that optimal health is achieved in a life that's as close as possible to nature. Um, So yeah, just kind of taking that into consideration, taking some of the fear out of it and starting slow. Now I I do think that um, people do burn easily and that can be an inflammation problem, which I don't want to go down the rabbit hole and get into this whole conversation, (laughs) but yeah. Um, there's a time and place for sunscreen, but I, I, I want to kind of get the message out there that, you know, 
having the sun hit your skin and in your eyes, obviously don't look directly at the sun, um, but have the sunlight coming into your eyes. The, the benefits of that far outweigh whatever, you know, people have been scared of. And, and really what we always say, this is for a lot of things with eating, you know, beyond satiety and everything. But if you listen to your body, it gives you the answers. Absolutely. You know? And think about it. You can step out in the sun and, you know, I mean, everyone knows this. And man, when it hits you and it feels good and it feels warm, but then eventually you start, you know, if you stay long enough and you start to burn, that's an unpleasant feeling, right? So the answers are right there. Like a little bit's good. You feel good. And when it doesn't feel good, get out, right? Yeah, and sunburn is a mechanism to, to keep you safe. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you'll just listen to your body. Um, and I think people, the problem nowadays is everything's so polarizing. And it's hard for people to wrap their head around. So this is, I mean, I just had a post yesterday about water intake, right? Like, you know, you can die from too much water, <laughs> drinking too much yeah. water. So yeah. people have to understand that for most stuff, there is such a thing as too little is bad and too much is bad. You know, and there's a, and there's, it's trying to find the optimal amount and just not villainizing stuff completely because that's normally not the answer. Yeah. Well, a lot of people nowadays don't know how to listen to their body. They've been conditioned out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a big part of this is, yeah, maybe, you know, take a weekend, get off social media. Don't, you know, take in anything from the outside and, just try for yourself. Try to learn how to listen to your body and listen to the cues that it's giving you. Um, you know, even as simple as hunger and um, wakefulness, sleepiness. Um, you know, you, we get so many messages. Um, and, and I just always encourage people to just slow down a little bit, you know, take, take a little time and you have to start somewhere. Yeah, well, and I've talked about this before, and unfortunately, a lot of it starts and is messed up when we're kind of younger, you know, and it's like the clean your plate club, and, mm-hmm. you know, we start interrupting these natural cues that we have. And another one is this sound TMI, but uh, using the restroom, right? It's, you know, number number two, you know, when you're a kid or then you start going to school or you and you have to work, there's rules and stuff, and maybe you're then you're like, I have to hold this, right? And then mm-hmm. that cause problems yeah that causes big problems downstream yeah so you see it with how we eat um now a few things we still haven't lost touch with which is number one we still have a strong urge for that and then normally like thirst most people can tell you know if you're really thirsty or not um but there's a lot of things yeah that are completely interrupted from from childhood absolutely absolutely this this is definitely something that um as a parent, um, yeah, I, I have, you know, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to, to choose how I do it now that I'm raising two little ones. But that kind yes. of stuff is so important. I mean, yeah, at, as a child, teaching them to listen to their bodies, it's so important. Yeah, yeah a lot of it. Dad. I was going to say, for example, and sometimes I know, I'm sure as a parent, you could, your kid wants ice cream and you buy them ice cream and then they eat half the cone and they're done. It's, it can be frustrating or you can be like, hey, I bought this, you need to finish it. And you're almost trying to teach them a lesson about, you know, money and stuff. But the, the, reality the value of things. The value of things. But yeah, but then also it's interrupting, hey, they're full and they don't want any more. You don't want to force them to eat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I've had to find... Um, creative with how I do that, but I'm more in the camp of if you want ice cream, sure, eat the ice cream, but let's pay attention to how you feel before you eat the ice cream, mm-hmm. and let's pay attention to how you feel after you eat the ice cream because mm-hmm. it's funny how kids will go at a snail's pace eating their vegetables, but then you put mm-hmm. ice cream in front of them and they just devour it because they can't stop. And I mean, that's a whole nother rabbit hole that we yes. can go down. It is, it's made that way. It, our food is being engineered to yeah, make trick our brains into palatable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just asking those questions. And I mean, even if you don't have kids or whatever, as an adult, you can do those same things with yourself. It comes back to 
kind of slowing down and going into it with an intention, you know, nothing wrong with having the treats. I have a crazy sweet tooth, but I like to remind myself, okay, how do I feel right now? How do I feel after I eat it? And sometimes Mm -hmm. going into it, I know, okay, this ice cream is going to make me feel terrible afterwards, but I'm going to enjoy it it. anyways. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like I'm an adult, I can make those decisions for myself. But that's, but... And that's a big part of it is making the decision, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you made the decision. You didn't let the, the ice cream or that like that urge make the decision for you, which is a big distinction, I think, because most people are kind of strung along by, we'll say stimulation, whether it's like, you know, oh, I want to open up my phone or, oh, I want this treat and don't really think about like, do I actually want to do this? You know, it's almost like not being, you know, the person making the decision and having it made for you by something else. Yeah. Yeah. And then also same thing you see, you tie in, like you said, these typically artificial foods or foods that are combined to taste amazing and then interrupt our signals. That's what's happening with light as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I like to say blue light is the junk food. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it really is. And unfortunately, blue light's what stimulates to our mind. It's daytime. So the problem is nighttime hits, like you said, and then that means sleepy time melatonin. But if you're staring at a bunch of screens emitting blue light, your brain's not getting that signal. Exactly. You, yeah, I mean, blue light is mostly emitted from the sun during the hours of 11 and 1, which is when we are all, you know, at our highest. Um, you know, energy wise, wake wakefulness. Um, so when the sun goes down and we're bombarding ourselves with blue light from every angle, yeah, our our it confuses our brains. Um, it doesn't know what time it is. Are we? Yeah. Should we be getting ready for the day or should we be getting ready for bed? So you you want to go over? And we mentioned now uh, it kind of starts in the morning if you can get that sunlight into your eyes. That that's where it begins. But then what about like a nighttime routine? Obviously most people aren't trying to get rid of their electricity and just use candlelight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what, what is, what is some good, a good way for like a nighttime routine to give someone their, their, their best chance or, you know, just to make a, you know, progress over perfection, make a little positive step. Yeah. Yeah. Small changes. Um, well, I, I will give out so um, a couple resources. Um, so Dr. Huberman, he is a professor at Stanford. Um, he has started a podcast in order just a way for him to put out information um, free to um, anybody that's interested. He has um, his podcast is called The Huberman Lab. And his first couple of episodes, it just started at the beginning of this year. And his first couple of episodes, he kind of deep dives into like science on this. So if anybody is interested in that, um, but a lot of the things that he says um, is pay attention to overhead lights. So if we're thinking about, um, you know, our ancestors out in, in nature, um, when the sun is high in the sky, that signals to your brain that it's daytime. So at night, after the sun sets, dimming lights as much as possible, you know, maybe turning off all the overhead lights, turning on a few lamps, um, paying attention to the types of light bulbs that are in your lamps too. I know this can be a little, um, you know, you can take this as extreme as you want. Mm -hmm. Um, There are plenty of resources out there for you to go, you know, as far out as you want to go. Um, Sitting at home in your blue light blockers. So <laughs> I, staring I, at your spouse. <laughs> okay. That that's are you spying on us? Because me and my husband definitely <laughs> I bought us some of the the red tinted glasses for yeah. when we watch movies at night. Um that is another extreme. Um so there's also um blue blocks, B L U B if you search their YouTube channel, he has a video um, on how to turn your phone screen red. Um, so that's another thing to pay attention to. The It's all about the, the brightness of the light at night. So you want to try to dim 
the light. So dimming your phone screen. Well, if you want to take it a step further, this YouTube video will teach you how to um, just create a quick shortcut so that your phone turns like a dark red at night. So it's not emitting any of the blue light and it just um, makes it darker. So that's something to focus on. I know it is hard to avoid the blue light at night. Yeah, it's um, everywhere. It, I mean, it's everywhere. It's hard. It really does take some time to switch over to maybe reading a book in your bed at night. Um, you know, if you want to go extreme by candlelight, I, I mean, or a lamp, you know, it's you know, fine. I, I've thought about that. Just yeah. use candles all the time. Just old school. But you know what? That sounds expensive though. You know how quick <laughs> candles burn, man? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I wonder how we actually, we, we use a lot of candles. Like we don't have lights on in the house and we'll just light a candle or something. But man, yeah, some of those, like they burn through like in a day. I'm like, damn, it's three quarters of the way done. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's an expensive habit, man. I don't, I don't want to develop a candle habit. We already have, habit. A, we already have well, enough we of a candle have habit. An intervention. You have a candle I, habit. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, you can go there, you know, sitting by, a fire at night instead of watching a movie. Um, but yeah. Okay. So pay attention to overhead lights, try to turn the lights down, dim the lights. Um, and yeah, I mean, try to finish out. So I like to kind of say, try to be horizontal in bed around nine 30 and maybe, you know, whatever you, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, and then try to be in bed um, by 1030. It, it's so this is the way that our internal clock works. Think of sleep like a train leaving the station. The train leaves the station at 1030 and you could miss it if you're not on it. Um, and I know it's hard. I know people like to, to stay up late, but I, I will say there's um, there's a book called Why We Sleep. Matthew Walker, I think, is the sleep expert. Um, and shoot, where was I going with this? I just lost my train of thought. Oh, okay. So only 4% of people are actually like only like four hours of yeah. sleep or whatever. It's like, you know, people like to say, oh, I'm a night owl or I like mm -hmm. to stay up late. Um, it's for the majority of people, it's because your circadian rhythm, you're, you're just out of sync. Yeah. Um, so if you take these steps to start to sync up, you'll start to see that you're, you're getting tired. You are ready for bed at that 10 o'clock mark. So now I'm not completely confident on this, but it's something I read or heard somewhere and it makes sense, but let me, let me see if you've heard of it where, yeah, kind of, the, and then, you know, sometimes people say they get this surge of energy at like 11, you yes. know, or later at night. Um, a lot of what I heard was when we do kind of hit 11 p.m. around that time, if we are up, our body does, can start to produce adrenaline. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what people are feeling. Have you heard anything like that? Yes. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So if you're not on the train when it leaves, yeah, around 11 o'clock, you kind of get this second wind. So you want to be, yeah, yeah, so you want to be asleep before that hits. And, and this is like, yeah, every once in a while, you know, if you're out with your friends or, you know, you have plans to stay up late, that's fine. One night isn't going to throw you off, but we're talking about, and this is the same with, you know, if you're, you know, 80% of the time, sticking to, you know, these healthy habits, then it's okay to have, you know, an off mm -hmm. night here and there. It's not going to completely throw you off. Yeah. And the thing people always I overlook and underestimate is because look, I, 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 I do all these things. I eat very healthy majority of the time. We go to bed at nine every night and sleep well and do a lot of these circadian rhythm things. And Here's the thing. You eventually switch to where you're not just doing this because it's kind of like, hey, this is what I'm supposed to do. You feel great and yeah. you are you there becomes like this like dial or, or uh, switch that flips where you actively start choosing these things because of how it makes you feel. And the sacrifices that you had to give up no longer even really compare to the benefits that you're experiencing. 
Absolutely. I am 100% with you. I will never go back because of how great I feel. And it affects everything. It affects focus, creativity, motivation, energy, you know, and I don't think it's any secret. If you sleep bad at night, you wake up the next day and you're craving, you know, unhealthy foods, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it just kind of waterfalls. Mm -hmm. But I am totally with you now that I am in sync and Mm -hmm paying attention to these things, these natural rhythms. Um, Yeah. yeah, I'll never go back. I feel incredible. You know, the last, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take a little credit for, I know one of the last things that was probably your, your bugaboo was um, training over training. I don't want to say overtraining, but you know, I know, remember I ran into you one time and you mentioned how you just realized you were overdoing it too much, training too often, kind of scaled back your intensity and it, it, it helped a lot with how you're feeling, recovery and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of found hitting a wall. I had, you know, I, I have twin boys um, and I joined a gym because it had childcare and I needed it. And um, I needed that workout. And this gym was, I mean, just balls to the wall every day, like, <laughs> high intensity Mm -hmm. that those boot camp style workouts. And I found myself completely hitting a wall. And once again, coming back to like the messages that, that we're getting from every angle, like you need to work harder. If you know, if you're not getting the results you want, you need to work harder. And my body much said, you can't go any further. And I found myself in the gym one day, like my legs weren't, working and it freaked me out. And so I put my gym membership on hold and I went to the Nolan trail more and I was outside slowing down. My body had forced me into it, but let me tell Mm -hmm. you, that is the best thing that has happened in my life. Um, I, I needed that. And especially as women, especially as young moms, I think if Mm -hmm. you're in a lifestyle where there is a lot of stress and a lot of things expected of you, the last thing you need to be doing for your body is pushing yourself even harder. You have to have those moments to bring your body, your nervous system down into that parasympathetic mode so that you can listen to your body. You know, when you're going, 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 you can't hear the messages that your body is trying to send to you. Everything kind of goes um, just... (laughs) Yeah. Down the tubes. Um, Preach. Preach. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, slowing down really, really changed my life in a big way. Um, and, and yeah, and I, I have been getting more into trying to incorporate some weights, but, um, I kind of went like the opposite direction and just walking and gentle yoga. And at the time, that is what my body needs. That, that's what my body needs. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm working my way back up to um, endurance in, in other aspects and there you go. training. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, it can be a slippery slope. Um, getting caught up in all of the messages that are coming at us from every different direction. It's, it's hard. Cause that's what you see everywhere. It's like, you got to work hard beast mode. If you're not dying, then you're not going to get results. And yeah. that, Dude, that gives people up. And even if somebody's like, I feel like I know better, when you hear it every day, you start to question, like, man, am I wrong? Like, is this the only way to do it? And that's, yeah. dude, it messes with your head. Absolutely. I, I am here to tell you I am walking proof that doing less can, <laughs> can yeah, be the can answer. It, yeah. it can be the answer. Doing less is the answer. You know, coming back to these simple things, taking these simple cues from nature, um, can just, it can change your life. I'm here to say. Yeah. And I think it just takes more people saying that because like you, y'all just said with the way training is portrayed, it's the same thing with sleeping, right? What you're taught if especially when you're start getting in college and everything, you know, if you're, you need to stay up and study more, you need to, or if you're trying to be an overachiever at work or in your career, you know, staying up all night and doing those kind of things are, are portrayed as what you have to do. And the reality is um, it's the opposite. For the most yeah, part. That's not helpful at all. Yeah. This is, 
this is going to be an anecdote. And I don't know if this was just me being lazy in school, but I think it paid off. I very rarely like crammed and studied very late the night before a test. And I consider myself a good test taker, but the times where I did cram, I feel like I did worse in the time where I got a good night's sleep and said, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go into this. Like, I know what I know. I want to be well rested. I did better on those tests, like through my entire school career. And I was kind of a slacker that lucked into just, I don't know, learning very easily. But, um, but yeah, the good night's sleep always trumped cramming no matter what. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense because your brain digests and assimilates all of the information that it's taken in from the day before while you're sleeping. I mean, there, there is so much that happens in your body while you're sleeping. It's hands down the most important thing for your health. You, you cannot achieve optimal health if you're not sleeping well at night. So, so what you're saying is that you can sleep when you're dead is a bad saying. (laughs) Yes. Very bad. Sick. Okay. Because you're probably going to die sooner. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Just confirming for, you know, myself and others. Yes. (laughs) So you have that tattooed on your forearm. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go get it removed. Yeah. You're making a note right now and you're Googling. Tattoo removal. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I want to pivot to something that um, I'm really passionate about as well. And this kind of comes into, it kind of plays off of what we were talking about. Um, this whole skipping breakfast thing, um, mm-hmm. you know, eating less, fasting, intermittent fasting, you know, yeah. all of these messages that we're getting. Um, so which is a, like real hot right now. It is We're, so hot right now. It's ever if, we have, if we have 10 people ask us about nutrition, eight ask us about intermittent fasting. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's everywhere and everybody, every, I mean, even just like, you know, I, I overhear people talking about it, especially women. And, and this is where kind of, I get passionate. Women are so different from men and all of the studies on fasting are done on men. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'll just come out and say it. Women are superheroes, um, because we not only can sync up to this circadian rhythm, um, we also have our own 30 day cycle that we can sync mm-hmm. up with. Um, but physiologically, you know, our, our bodies are preparing to have a baby every month. If that is the case, if that's what happens. Yeah. So by starving it and not taking care of it, by doing this fasting on a regular basis, it puts our bodies as women into a stressed state because it needs those nutrients to potentially grow a healthy pregnancy. So by certain times in your cycle, depriving yourself of food is just the worst thing you could be doing for your body as a woman. Um, but with that being said, our digestion, we digest food at different rates throughout the day and we take those cues from the sun. So it's just, you know, it can be so simple that our digestion is at its highest when, you know, the sun is higher in the sky. So yeah, as and- you're, sorry, go ahead. No, you Keep going. So just as you know, you sync up and your body starts to get tired at night and you wake up with energy in the morning as you're sinking to your, you know, your internal clock, you'll see the same thing with your hunger cues. You know, you will wake up feeling hungry and ready for breakfast. A lot of people will say, oh, I don't eat breakfast because I'm not hungry in the morning. Mm-hmm. Well, if you sync up to this natural rhythm, you'll find that you will be hungry when you wake up in the morning. Um, and, you know, eating a bigger meal, you know, at, in the, you know, the height of the day and then eating a smaller meal at night, because another thing about our sleep is, um, you know, we, we will not get deep restful sleep if we're eating right before bed. You know, we need a good two hours after we eat um, so that our body isn't using that energy, digesting your food while you're sleeping. It can be using that energy to, you know, repair your cells and, um, yeah. you know, all of those other important things that happen in your body when you sleep. Yeah. Growth hormone 
and all that can't um, release if if you're like yeah still digesting and everything. Um, it makes a it makes a big difference. And with the intermittent fasting with women, and ultimately comes down to the theme of what we just talked about a lot is you, you people have to realize it's another stressor. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, some and all the benefits that like can be touted normally aren't really to intermittent fasting is there's the only, the main benefit is if it's a structure of eating that helps you be consistent, enjoyable, sustainable, mm-hmm. you know, with your total food intake. But the problem is that people want it to be a magic pill, but it's not. And it is a stressor. So yeah, if someone doesn't have much stress, you know, they're not diet, they don't have the diet. So they're eating at maintenance or above and all these things, typically you're younger because you, you might not have kids. You might not have as much stress at work. Yeah, you can maybe get away with it. That's the best way to put it, especially for, for women. But then you fa- start factoring all these other things. And if your personality type is just kind of a warrior or overthinker, I've never seen it be that successful. Um, and I know for me, myself personally, I, I tried it for a while, did it for a while. And yeah, I would get to where I'm waiting until noon to eat. And I am, you know, a lot like thinker and little bit of overstressor and I would get shaky and lightheaded and just ultimately feel awful. And, um, yeah. So then, you know, adding in breakfast fixed, fixed all that. Right. So yeah, it's one of those things people have to listen to their body and realize that, um, it is another stressor. Can you, can you handle this? And at the end of the day, we need food and purposely like waiting and starving yourself. Cause you think it's going to be some magic, Cure is is not a smart idea, and, and not especially not long term. Yeah, I I love that you said if you're worried about it and you're overthinking it because I I don't think people think about that often mm-hmm. that your state and you know you're you're creating this this stress like like cheat meals for example you know there are a lot of people that will beat themselves up about oh my gosh i can't believe i ate that pizza i regret eating that pizza i i want everyone to flip that around and enjoy that pizza you know if you're not eating it all the time and your diet is healthy 80% of the time enjoy that piece of pizza you know the the way that you're feeling about it when you're eating it creates that stress and your body's going to digest it differently your body cannot efficiently digest your food if you're in a stressed state, which yeah. is why counteracting, um, you know, a stressful lifestyle with things that are going to bring you your nervous system down into that parasympathetic, that rest and digest state. It's so important. And something as little as overthinking, you know, and making yourself feel bad about yeah. it. That is yeah. creating stress. And that's what, that's one of my biggest keys with this whole, you know, diet scene and, you know, good and bad is, you know, so, and I've seen that someone could be on a keto diet. So now they've convinced themselves that a carbohydrate is horrible for them, right? Then they'll go eat a carbohydrate and be like, oh, I felt awful. You know, my digestion was horrible. You know, it was the carbs fault. And it's like, no, if you were eating that stress the entire time that it was going to, you know, spike your insulin and you're going to drop dead, then you're going to have horrible digestion, you know, <laughs> and it really has more to do with your mental state, not the actual food. Absolutely. So that's a whole, whole thing. And I experienced that on my own. It really clicked. And I've shared the story before where I eat pretty similar. Like I have it down. So I'm like what I do. And yeah, so my dinners would normally be like some ground beef and, and rice. And I, I, always have that and feel great. Well, one day with one of my old gyms, we had an accident at the gym where someone, um, like passed out and my business partner called me and told me all this and right before I was about to eat. And then he said, you know, he had it handled. Don't worry about it. Just filling me in. And then I was obviously stressed and then continued to eat my dinner. And then I had, you know, the stomach pains and this horrible digestion. And I realized, well, I eat this food every night. It's not like, Oh, the rice is bad or the, you know, meat, meat is bad. It's, it's, I was just uh, physiologically stressed and it caused poor digestion. Yep. So, yeah. you know, that's what people have to realize when they tell themselves a lot of stories or you kind of hype or psych yourself up about something. Yeah. If you're into intermittent fasting and now all of a sudden you think eating breakfast is going to make you fat <laughs> and then you eat breakfast and you have a horrible experience. Well, if you're stressed the whole time eating it, you have pretty, you're not going to feel great. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do think that there are 
benefits for some in fasting. I think it's a tool that can be used, but if it's used in the wrong way, it can be so detrimental. And yeah, if you do it one day, you could feel great, but over time, it's just, it's, it, it can, it can really derail your health in a big way. And like you said, most, yeah, most people eat from sunrise the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed, which is a problem too. So yeah. shortening the amount of time you're eating, we prefer as a start point that people do just a breakfast, lunch, dinner, um, cut out snacking. So you're getting more space and time in between those meals and it's a little less stressful, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, finding that balance. Um, I think what people have to understand with, with fasting is it's going to so you have the when people feel great when they're fasting i have so much energy what happened well your body yeah is like sending out stress hormones and adrenaline because it wants you to go find food so you know the the peaks uh spike of energy that you feel and all those things are actually stress hormones and those kind of things which again acutely can be good all the time, day after day, month after month, year after year, it's it's not a great state to be in. Yeah, exactly. So I've heard it explained like putting clothes into the washing machine, like you're running a wash cycle. And if you keep like thinking about snacking, like if you keep throwing dirty clothes into the cycle while it's running, the clothes are never going to get clean. Mm-hmm. So putting time in between your meals lets your digestion do what it needs to do. And Another point I'll bring up is once you start to sync your meals and your digestion with your circadian rhythm, you have, you have a fast. You have a 13, 14 hour fast from dinner to breakfast. There's your fast. And yeah. you can do it when your body was designed to be fasting while you're sleeping. Yep. And yeah, exactly. so really. Really, if anything, people just need to cut out nighttime eating and then, boom, like you said, there's their fast, you know. Yeah. So if you stop eating at 6 p.m. and then you, then you wake up even and eat breakfast at 6 a.m., yeah, that's 12 hours. And most people, it's going to be a little later. So, yeah, 12 to 14 hours, that's perfect. So, um, and you're not waiting in the morning to eat, and maybe, you know, riding the cortisol wave too long. And yeah, so for a lot of people, like like we said, similar to before, it's it's the same thing with fasting, right? Too much can be a problem, just like not enough can mm-hmm. can also be a problem. The the you know benefit for most people is probably somewhere in the middle. So yeah, instead of like twenty four hour fast all the time or sixteen hour fast all the time, you know what? Maybe about twelve to fourteen hours, you know, but which is also better than only not eating when you're sleeping, which for some people is six hours six seven eight hours that's probably a little too often so yeah somewhere in the middle for most people is the answer yep well all right madeline we appreciate that and to wrap up everyone circadian rhythm it's important if you want you can just go on naked and afraid reset your your circadian (laughs) Yeah, or you, you, could do, no. you could do your own naked afraid in the woods yeah. behind your house if you're just into that. Your, just tell your neighbors that you know Pit for Life Radio was trying to set you straight, and that's they can come talk <laughs> to us if they have a problem with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but remember, don't don't feel overwhelmed if you can get out for ten minutes in the morning, get some sunlight into your eyeballs, and then yeah, set up your your light environment at home before bed. Those two things. Well, can be pretty minor changes, but make make a big difference. They do make a big difference because I've been doing the the morning sun, and I know Gary has too, and it's like it's a game changer for the day. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. So, do you you got any closing thoughts, Madeline? Oh no, I think it was a great conversation, and yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it's it's really not hard. I think we tend to make it harder than it really mm-hmm. is. I mean, these are very simple, easy quick changes um, that, you know, have, will just make a huge, huge difference in just your overall well-being and how you show up for your life on a daily basis. Exactly. And that's the thing to remember is 
you'll we don't just do this to do it and be like wear some badge of toughness it's you get to a point where you you want to do it you you get the benefits the results and that kind of wins out over everything else yeah we i mean everybody wants to feel better we all want we yeah. all want to feel better all right well let us know what you think you can have us up on social media also madeline um yeah what's your like contact info i know you do coaching and everything and you're on instagram so you want to share that with everyone yeah yeah um so my instagram page is rooted in nature.co um and that is also my website but yeah i work with clients one-on-one and then um, I have a six-week program that I designed to be a group program that I will do again in the fall. Um, and it basically just gives everyone a six-week, um, just like a six-week period of time to kind of reset and sync up to these natural rhythms um, to kind of slowly ease into um, – this kind of new lifestyle by shifting mindset and making these small changes, these habit changes. Um, and yeah, I'll be doing that again in the fall. So yeah, you can find me on Instagram and reach out that way. Awesome. That'd be for a lot of people. That's the missing, the missing piece. So everyone puts a lot of emphasis on, you know, exactly what foods they're eating and all these things, but yeah, all, all this lifestyle stuff and circadian rhythm, sleep, it's, it's important. So Yeah. I'm all about taking the stress out of these lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yep. then no one gets started or they quit after two days. Yep, exactly. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking time. I know it was kind of kind of funky with you know travel and you're you're in an Airbnb and all these different things, but we appreciate you getting along and we'll do it again. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, you, you'll guys. be maybe, maybe you'll be our first uh, three p three timer. Oh, I like it. I'll be there. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. Well, you got any closing thoughts? No, I mean, basically just uh, uh, let some sun in your eyes. That's pretty much it. Until next week. See ya. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.